What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, guys, gals, ghouls, face fiends, weapon crew, and new listeners. Secure your tinfoil hats, buckle down tight, and hold on loosely as we soar over the rocky tops of the Laplatas on Rocky Mountain High, get sucked into the vortex of the Four Corners, and settle down snugly at Monmarker 420 in colorful Colorado. It is February, Sunday the 19th. February, Monday the 20th, for those of you across the pond and beyond, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, and thank you so much for joining us this evening on We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. I'm your host, Tessa TNT, and we are broadcasting live from the Mile High Clubhouse tonight. Thank you so much once more for joining us this evening. We have an epic show on the way, and it's going to be cut a little short, but it's going to be good. If you're listening to us live right now, you may be listening to us on KPNL Radio. You can also find us live on We Are Paradox Media under Spreaker. 
And we are also live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So if you want to listen to us in your free time, whether you're working, working in or working out, make sure you tune in to us once more under We Are Paradox Media at Spreaker, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Tumblr, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Weezer, Podcast Addict, and Podcast Chaser, as well as Podvine. So, we have Mr. Jay Yates and Ms. Marie Yates, who are more commonly known for their frequent appearances on popular paranormal reality television shows, such as, but not limited to, Ghost Adventures, Haunted Case Files, Seasons 1 and 2, Paranormal Witness, Ghost Adventures, Aftershocks, and The Scariest Night of Our Lives. Jay, being haunted since birth and undergoing a near-death experience, has created a lifetime of personal paranormal experiences. And Marie, she uh, inherited these hauntings in and through marriage and has brought the Yates family haunting countless supernatural encounters in and outside the field of paranormal investigations. So the Yates family haunting has been captivating audiences around the world for the better part of a decade. Yates appear regularly at events and lectures discussing their own ongoing paranormal experiences, as well as the knowledge gained with them being haunted survivors. So outside of lectures, radio, television, and events, Yates have a strong drive to help families that struggle with the paranormal as they once did. Yates aren't your average paranormal investigators. Yates spend much of their available time conducting what they call paranormal consultations rather than the often damaging paranormal investigations of family homes. Together, they lead a successful team of passion-driven paranormal investigators into the darkest corners of the desert southwest. Now we've moved it eastwards. Yates founded Crossing Over Paranormal Society, the cops crew, to help both the living and the dead, their ongoing mission is to seek only truth, understanding, and proof of the paranormal by any means necessary. Their approach to the paranormal has brought many families peace back into their homes and assisting families putting back together their broken families. The paranormal is not a way of life for the Yates, it is their life. Even today, the Yates live haunted and learn the balancing act between walking the thin line between both the living and the dead. Welcome, you guys, and um, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Um, so, so far as the paranormal goes, um, how is it back east? Are you guys having any hauntings there? Have you had anything follow you? Or? Um, well, <laughs> Jay's actually always haunted. Yeah. 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 Um, they have another things that we that don't have here that we experience there that has to be the first many. Um, but we get to go there and visit quite often. Nice. So yeah, you guys said uh, living there in Tennessee is quite different than Arizona. It is. I don't know. Maybe, I didn't really enjoy Tennessee, but um, I don't know. That's just me. And I had some bad experiences there. It's a huge culture. I'd say that. And the thumpers. 
Yeah. Awesome. So, are you, did you guys start another um, group over there in Tennessee, or are you guys um, you know, putting your toes in the water, or is it hard because it is like in the Bible Belt? <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's I'm trying to I mean, we do have teams. And we have another team now that some of us do it over here that eats now a little bit. So. We're sort of expanding a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is it hard to get uh, used to the twang over there? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yes. So, what'd you just say? Yes. It is almost like another language water. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't. I, I have a different clothing to wear, and I like my oral and we keep and all that, and worldly millions. People don't like that. <laughs> I get very much dirty looks. Oh, well. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll wear them all the time and don't care. Yeah. That's the way it would be. Can't let the South get you down. So, Jay, um, as far as your guys' bio goes, um, when did your haunting first begin? Um, for me, it was like since the experience uh, in Ramadan, I was thinking, uh, and, and, uh, Back is a really exciting one. Then uh, it was difficult to be going through. I didn't have any reality TV shows to watch, and so we weren't alone, right? Um, but um, things have changed quite a bit. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what exactly happened to you or what you experienced? Um, for me, I've experienced. Um, there's some full body apparitions of mostly children growing up. They would appear to me as they looked at the moments of death, but they had a private car accident, the counting. So it was pretty intimidating as a kid seeing that and understanding really uh, what it was. And so I spent the last sleepless nights and, and scared days dealing with it. I had a pretty supportive family um, that would listen to me a little bit. And, and uh, what supported uh, my gift and my purpose, I guess. Has that affected you as far as like your sleep schedule and stuff? Like for me, having those experiences as a kid, like I still have issues uh, getting to sleep at a normal time and, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's still bad. I mean, it's still bad. So, get to sleep sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely affected all aspects of my life. So, what's the for work? I love worker. He would be awake all night. It's so like every day. Yeah, it's so hard to do like a regular nine to five job or whatnot. I prefer night shift. I did that for ten yeah, luckily I work with a girl now, and she's a night owl too, so I can go to work at one, and everything's all good. Summary, um, it says that you inherited this, so um, did things start to appear to you after you and Jay started dating or got married, or um, how did that all happen for you? 
But I didn't, but that same night, I made my best friend. And what's the idea of instead of living with me? Because seriously, it's evil. And what you thought that instead of living with me, there's things that could have been something that we knew, and it just has to be on it. And then uh light put comment and Paul saying what they bad and I'm not really like Wow. Seeing this creature. And it seemed like it was one of them and the children were there completely put me. I didn't chase the creature itself. Right now chase the creature. So we saw it a year. But for my kid. But it was it's it's a mostly Yeah, there's always that um, questioning. Is that right? Is it not? But things probably uh, occur to you like, you know, you know it's going to happen and it does and, and different things like that. It's kind of the same with me. Like, I don't advertise it because I don't want to do readings because I do. I have that that uh, doubt in my head. Just like the earrings were pointy, and I just 
simply what I see. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of um, reminds you of like a gremlin. But no, smaller ears. It's sort of way if it was a smaller, if the feet on this was like this, the head and the ears were like, was really big. So, and the person who looks really big is like, the feet are like, that's really nice. Like, it's something from the animal, they're still like, is it a thing? But then the whole thing's still. Did it have like, um, it's sick. Have reptilian skin? You know what? Come back to that one. To be honest with you, I put a little too much on it. Yeah, and quick tell you, I just want to do it. But no, the taste was so wild. I never even seen that. Yeah, I actually saw um saw those in Arkansas at my granny's farm, and um. They were around this fire, and some of them were beating on drums. Some of them had, like, um, little staffs or um, spears. And they were going around the fire and chanting, and I think they noticed that I was looking out at them. Because um, I was like, why is there a, f a fire in Granny's chicken yard, you know? And they all stopped at once and, and looked. And so I slammed myself in bed, pulled the sheet over my face, and... You could see the, the shadows coming up to the window, and you can hear them scratching up the side of the wall. And then they eventually um, started going after my brother and caught him. And he's just had issues ever since. But it's a good thing that it was running from your house and, and not to your house, seriously. Yes. I, 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 I just want to say I don't know if it was in the house to do this with you. The kids were. And then I'm um, have you guys' um, yeah? Yeah. Have your kids had experiences too? Like, are they gifted as well? Realities. We try to like, keep my wife connected with mm -hmm. it because he's not testing. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess he's aging professional. I don't know if he has abilities. I put on a doll. Yeah. Sometimes I think he does. But then, then I, there's other times that I'm like, oh, maybe not. That's really young, And I made God with him. Yeah, my youngest, she's constantly like trying to get me to do things here around the homes, and I'm afraid to because um, I think that can activate things. And so it worries oh, yeah. me, and she gets super bummed out about it, but she's only seven, um, but she's totally into it. 
Make us all your sound behind my back. She did it up. Right? I know, it's scary. So as far as like tools and stuff you use, you um talked about the Ouija board earlier. Do you use that or um you know what? Yeah, I mean, it's all about intent when it comes to anything that we use in the, in the course. Uh, it is what it is. It's a tool. Uh, the problem with the board is you know, uh, with something you don't know, just like with anything. And taking that correct ball to the other side, I you need to take a question out of there. is always important. And one of the issues with leaving boards when we get cases because the boards is completely got scared and just pulls out that conversation. We just have to come in and work. It's pretty much as simple as that. Mm -hmm. hey, I love the, um, this, I guess, the meaning of the keyboard that they can um, more build uses it while most share of the people. And love it how they use it to communicate. Then there's that portion of people that use it to do stuff that they should have heard. It's just like with anything. Or, like that, it's just you have to learn. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, it could be the outside of the as well. Definitely. Yeah, um, I hate the way that they, you know, produce it and kind of target kids. And, you know, everyone's like, you know, it's it's just a game, you know, there's nothing to it. But there really is. And I like the way you guys said, it's just like with Ovulus or anything else. Like, it's all in your intention and, you know, anything can happen with those tools. I think we did miss a bit of I think I was Yeah. So you guys um in Vulture City? What was that? I'm sorry. Vulture City? Like where you guys did your investigations and you had tours and stuff there. Do you guys miss it or yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it was all moving. You develop relationships with spirits on the other side. You develop relationships with people that were involved with it. Um, it was hard saying goodbye to a lot of those spirits that you develop such great relationships with. Um, but we go back regularly and visit. Um, so, but uh, I'm really lying if I say I don't, I don't miss it. Um, but uh, it was difficult. It was a difficult thing. But, uh, when we come back, it's all a big, huge reunion for our friends, but we're still at some point about that. And on the other side, you know. Yeah, I think Paul just for me as my peak face. 
Experience, but we know it's good experiences. But any Muslim are good, to be honest with you. And it's like, no, it's it's like a family there. I mean, I will say, in Baltimore, they say, well, do Arizona. I wish we could move both to City Girls Sound and see it's Arizona, but when we the same, but I'm glad we did it go visit. Of course, we did see what it was. We're actually going to be in Arizona next month, in March, for an overnight event. A lot of people want to go spend night there and one location that you won't be able to sleep there. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one with the office upstairs or is that another building? That's one of them, yeah. That's, That's that building, yeah. We, uh, we, we lock the town down for an entire night once a year. A lot of people are coming out and camp out there. So it's an investigation from Basketball. It's a portion of the evening that's led. Uh, and then the rest of the night is pretty much yours. If you're investigating, it's just immediately jump into investigating and they can do that. When you remove all the bits for your and everything for people to actually get and just make it all the building. Something that's a while during the day when you ready for a visit there. Can you see teams come out and that's why I got an opportunity for teams to do like team, you know, things together and what kind of updates get ordered up with us. I mean, because you can just people in bullshit and still catch up. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen buildings across several acres. So. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a, a few shows on that. Um, Paranormal Files was one of my favorite because you know um, it's a dad and son team, and and they did get to go upstairs and just the experiences they had there was pretty mind blowing. Yeah. Um, they they got some really cool stuff. And Colin, when he was out there, he got some uh, some really interesting audio coming from his apple. And unfortunately, like he actually got his his camcorder stolen on his way to phone. And that SD and everything that was with that is just gone. But like they really got uh, some at least some nice action on audio. It was amazing. I'm so bad. And he lost that. I was like, I'm going to say, what happened? Yeah. Um, so he wants to come home with some dust. Yeah. He's, he's family. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Dig the guy. So, um, Marie, you didn't have a negative experience. Was it like a possession or an attack or what happened? ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ちゃんと。ち
to be honest with you, I don't wear them. You have fun. There's really things, and then there's angry things. And you have to remember, they, the bitches that he goes to have remaining was going. This is back in 1880s, what was it, 1880s, since? And that did women want to be in places to make them stuff. So women had to be in the kitchen, in the cleaning or whatever, you know. You have to bear for the chimney. back in those days. So I think these men were nasty because I would put trash which entered in a huge effect over the other people. It was the first time, first time bullshit with that many people. And the crowd over the hundred years of it was actually pointed out in times of. You got to make the ghost of people too, and some people are not that really good people. You some people that, that, and this is probably one of those points. What does that speak? Specifically, because she's the one that helped get me getting all that together. You know, it's a little bit sad, and you see it's not that. So I'm sure that they, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people are messing around their way. Definitely. And was just so recently at the end of the day. I will say, I've been almost sick. It's been much into the last year or more. I've had a little bit of immune disease. And it's really attacking me really bad. So I've been very sick. And then lots of medications, but I don't know if you're in the past here. I don't know if we can say that, but these people say there's some things I don't believe were done falsehood, to be honest with you. These things were blocked from some way. I'm not saying it's all good, it's good. I'm saying that. I just think something that came in with somebody else. It came in equipment, you know, anything like that. But something was there, and it kept messing with me. It made me pass several. The night we were doing the post lines, I ended up because um, I ended up passing out. And the third day, there was a lot of issues. I don't really remember most of it. To be honest with you, he was, and most people were too. There was a lot of messes. But it just felt, I felt really angry. And, um, like, things were bad. Just that day was And I know I ended up falling over the minute Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, to be honest with you, like, I don't think that people don't understand, like, where the side effects are for doing what we do. And those of us that are really deeply involved with it, and, like, I'm talking about something, like, um, something that it's not good things like that, that really helps too much. A lot of what's wrong with me is because of a lot of the issues that have happened over the years. It's really weird that our new system And they get a lot of opportunistic, like, notes experience from all the other countries on the research, and they feel we can make that again. And I think that was one of those particular incidents uh, last year with with Brady. But, uh, yeah, I'd rather be us than be react to that. It's been an amazing experience. That it shifted us. I mean, it was it just then I even discussed our family. I mean, I think we have James. Once years on, it Tennessee wife chasers. 
Thank you for that. Andrea, yeah, Andrea, I don't know. Sinking Yeah, they were going to initially acknowledge it as a cell phone. But yeah, it must be out of that whole thing. He's just a friend. He's a friend. He's a friend. He could do anything with him. You guys make a pretty awesome team. So, um, Jay, with your uh, near-death experience, was that as a child, or um, what exactly happened with that? And did you have like more uh, paranormal experiences after that happened? Yeah, I, I had a near-death experience uh, that happened to me on August thirteenth, nineteen ninety-nine. So, where um, you know, like uh, essentially, I saw my body as a shell. Um, so I guess I could say for a brief moment or for a period of time, I was, um, you know, on the other side. Um, and, uh, I experienced uh, a pretty incredible, um, experience that lasted for a very long time. And, uh, without getting into details of exactly what was going on at the time, um, I could tell you that, like, you know, I saw my life last before my ashes. I saw, um, you know, Pretty much everything in my life that I thought was like really terrible and uh, just devastating. I realized that it wasn't all that bad. So it was like recognition and understanding like the supernatural intelligence of my life and what I had done thus far. Pretty negative experience with my um, near death experience to where, um, you know, I saw a, a really dark place um, with some pretty serious, uh, intimidating figures. Um, and, uh, my lean towards my faith and and kind of got myself out of that and then able to come back here and talk about it today um but it, uh, that would be a whole show just to get in because <laughs> it's a pretty lengthy conversation but yeah it, and i would say after that experience for me it did definitely open up the door even more than it was before um and it became even darker than it was before and what i mean by that is is demonically um, like there was a lot of things that weren't very happy that I came back to speak about truth and what I saw, almost as if they did not want me to speak about what I saw. Because, I mean, a person like myself that believes like I do, you know, that there is a heaven, that there is a hell. Um, and, and with that being said, um, the biggest trick that that has is that that place nor he even exists. Um, I can tell you whether people believe me or not, it does. I was there. I saw it. Um, I would wish I'm my worst enemy. Um, but I will tell you that um, they made me that person. Uh, after it happened, um, I became ordained. And then I tried to get involved um, in small group ministries and trying to pastor. And I essentially got excommunicated because I believed in ghosts and demons. <laughs> and I would entertain people's conversations about their hauntings. Um, and... Um, I just it wasn't really welcome where I was at, and it put a really bad taste in my mouth, and I was kind of lost for a good year after that, and then Marie and I stumbled across one another around um, that same time, so it was quite interesting, but, um, you know, I think the very moment in my near-death experience that made me a deeper faith for me personally, um, and an understanding of life in general, I think. Um, I don't have a figure where I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, right? But I do think I definitely think I have something to offer and possibly help other people, and that's why I still stay involved with it, and I still go out there and speak and lecture about my experiences. But 
um, yeah, it definitely was life changing uh, for sure. Um, and I that's something I'll never forget. I remember it like it happened yesterday, just this point. That was many, many years ago. <laughs> the youngest is 21, just what I told you. But I mean, he talks about it. When he talked about it, it, it it's like he, he could talk the same way today. And it, it's amazing. Like, once a life. I will say it to him, but it was not me because I could have done that. What he experienced, there's no way, but you know, he talks about it. And one thing I'll say to people, like, how did you believe him at the beginning? You know, say if you meet Jay in person, you know, when you look at somebody, you just know they're telling you the truth. Jay has those eyes. I mean, he just speaks the truth straight out of you. It's, it's amazing. I mean, somebody that was in a really relationship before that a marriage that was really really bad and when I she's like oh there's men like that <laughs> he said my dad I knew my dad <laughs> that was it so if you do exist <laughs> so what are you guys' um, plans since you have moved um, plans after we moved, um, first kind of getting acclimated to actually being here. I've been here just a little over a year. I think it's like almost going on a year after. Yeah. I mean, there was a huge change just getting out here, getting established and saying, but, um, there's, there's no shortage of opportunities for us out here. Um, we are really approached, um, by locations to come out to investigate some really amazing locations and had some really amazing special invites. To go out to some places that aren't very well known, which is something that we really enjoy doing. And so um, we have a lot of those things lined up throughout this year uh, to be able to go out there, trying to get back into it a, a little bit more. Um, but uh, we're excited. It's, it's a different, a different pace out here. So like, I think we took a year off. I mean, the only thing we sort of focused on last year was an we started just focused on the Paracon and the moves. So, okay, I mean, we, last year we got, we shot by a lot of amazing paranormal teams here from the East Coast. And we can't wait to work with all of them. I mean, we need to work with different people for a time. I mean, that's the thing that we just love doing. And check it out for these amazing locations. Just share this. They do it to one. Here's one of them. I'm not keeping that in a bag. We went out there for this. He, you know, he's been one of those people that's red on. So we wanted to make sure we support him because he's amazing. He went to the sea. So we wanted to with him one time. And we were doing amazing location. Yeah. I remember it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Woods. And there was a cemetery there that's like with Cemetery. Yeah. So you're here, and you just said, "Look here, you can go to every neighborhood, and there's some good cemetery there." So it's you know, it's a different. One thing I found in Tennessee is that people aren't as open to talk about their paranormal experiences as they are back west. Yeah, and that's and that's it. And if you're an outsider coming in here, it's a little bit more complicated. To speak to those people about the hauntings to get into some of those locations. So we have found that being a little bit more difficult than usual. Into locations. A lot of that, it's because they're just on TV. Right. To be honest with you, 
mentioned there for TV. I'm not going to do TV anymore because I'm off. I just can't do it. So he, you can see him, not me, more on TV. They still love going out there speaking, you know, doing the animals. People want us to do TV. We're not really We ran for like 20 years straight, almost. Like, uh, it's been that. It's about 20 years straight. Yeah. Just constantly, every single week, every single weekend, every single time off their work, it was battling someone or doing something or filming. And it was like, I think after so long, we kind of needed to move and just kind of reset and refocus and rebalance our lives because it was crazy. And for the last two years, we've been in Arizona. And that was a vulture city almost every single day. And getting haunted in my own home, to mention dealing with all the spirits there, especially when the pandemic and everything shut down, there was nowhere to go. So, so pretty much, and you would just do it in the town, like, constantly. And, like, we were completely surrounded by all of these spirits. I mean, it's, like, names, associations, relationships. It's me that I did feel And it was a really great something. It was also very, very exhausting. Um, and uh, it took a lot, specifically having the illnesses that she has. And it was just important to kind of just, like, chill out a little bit, reset. And we're kind of, like, getting back to where um, we were actually. Like, they're on steady pace than we were before. Take and you probably know this. The spirits, when they try to communicate, they do. They take your energy. I mean, that's just something they do. And to be honest, you don't just as much energy anymore, or they can't take anymore. Or I'm out usually. So I don't believe any of them are really trying to harm me. It's just now the body can't take them trying to take my energy and communicate like I used to. So it's being more responsive yeah. with, you know, us and, you know, we're not spring chickens anymore. And, you know, we don't Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 and honestly, it was kind of like stepping away from it for a minute to refocus and reprioritize. And um, I, I, there's, there's, there's still more to come. Too many different things there, but it's still normal. We were around the film, right? I mean, you're Like, we did like we did talk, we, we would get invited to go open for like um, 
after movies and we would speak before the, the screening and it was like I mean we enjoyed the movie but it was like this because we were you know connecting yeah. you know to the movies the theater you don't do this like this is cool and eating dinner at eight o'clock instead of two o'clock in the morning so it's like it's it was a really strange life change and then as you get into the pandemic I mean would be a curfew too I think for me I mean like because you don't have access to the daytime ghost you know the daytime ghost sign well, it's amazing because a lot of people think like nighttime is the right time, which you know it's quieter as far as traffic and stuff generally, depending on where you're at. There's so much activity during the day; it's amazing. Yeah, it's like the most crazy experience I've ever had in like in the daytime. Like, I, and I think that like people are just so kind of the whole nighttime scary. Get it? Like your your senses are more heightened when the atmosphere is you can you can just, you know, you just, I mean, you just have to be able to go to the house. I think Belcher goes, I think they go down at night. Yeah, there wasn't like, you know, I mean, they had to get up early in the morning. I mean, shoot, it's hot in Arizona. Right. Right. All right. I'm going on. Um, did you guys notice like an upsweep in the paranormal um after the pandemic? Yeah, I think like because we had an opportunity during pandemic to really, like I said, investigate like one specific location, but we still had a chance to actually go to some really cool places that like. They got some amazing evidence, and you know what we're that sometimes we investigated a lot during pandemic, and in isolated locations by ourselves, like a lot of these spirits, we were getting like intelligent responses, and then being aware of what was happening, and and there's its own span flu swept through it almost hundred years to the date when it was happening, and, and you know with COVID, and it was like we understood the face coverings and the distancing, and like. So we're so yeah, like, and sympathetic of what we were going through. So um, we had some really interesting comments. When the because of the thing, the evening, but uh, politics. Yeah, it was the strangest thing we had. We had things say the camera. We had things for training. We had things for invited. It was it was the weirdness. It was it, it's like it's weird because we never had in a whole when doing the paranormal, never anyone say anything, you know, it's a there was, there was, it 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 but with COVID and since COVID, honestly, I think that they all have stemmed that from us and the other side. We're also living in some crazy times, and a lot of people are really focusing on meditation and and and, and prayer and, and, and different like outlets to really help them with spiritual enlightenment and whichever direction they're going to because of that. And I think people are having a little bit more work 
emotional life and, and mental health balances. And I think that's also helping um, the field um, and people progressing and getting better athletes, better information and better understanding of what's happening on the So we have to look for culture, and he did the last year's overnight event with us. And he had experiences, so he was an investigation he was doing back east for his own patients, like patients at home. His, the same spirits were common in in vultures. And they were talking about the same, and then they started talking about the war. They were talking about you. Yeah. 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 You and getting like serious information and, and conversation with these spirits. It's just so much. Teams are coming, you know, investigate on culture. To YouTube, you know, teens to TikTok, teens to post for to locations that most them get it. Say building in the box. When you get them wrong, you can catch something in every location if you actually do it. Than an athlete building, and you can actually just walk in the town and get them. I'm just saying, they catch something almost every day. Yeah, all important communication. Yeah, it's really amazing, actually. Yeah, and, um, I noticed like I don't know, getting more phone calls and everything like that, and it was hard because you know, several of our group, uh, including me, we all got COVID. My husband almost died from it, but um. I don't know if that was because the lockdown or the fear and everything else that comes with it, or if the veil is actually thin. But yeah, it just seemed like it was it was a feeding ground for all those different entities. It was pretty insane. Like you uh, actually after that lockdown, it wasn't, but maybe a month later. Like um, speaking about the veil being thinner, or like you know things changing or whatnot. Like I had an experience in my home. I don't think I've really ever shared this publicly. I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people that are listening right now. They're like, oh, yeah, Jake, tell me about that. <laughs> See, like, most of the general investigator is, like, I call other people. I think they're better than me. And um, then ask questions. But I had, like, a really crazy experience one evening to where I was woken up by the presence of something. And I was actually, it just kind of rose up. And I saw what it was. And it, it was it was just a weird weird situation to where this this being essentially attempted to like lay down inside of me like enter my body and and I literally felt the, the movement of the body against mine which was just really very uh, so something I wasn't really not in my world house that had any experiences like that. But I felt like this thing was like literally trying to calm me to allow its entrance into my body. And it freaked me out because I realized, like, wait, this thing is almost hypnotizing me and allowing to allow itself to enter me. And I don't know what this thing is, but like, what happens if the spirit jumps me? And then, like, you know, so I really pulled myself out of it. And I remember, like, literally fighting this thing 
um, physically to, to literally remove it from me um, to avoid whatever was going to happen. But I made a bunch of phone calls and talked to a whole lot of people. And it was really funny at that time. I was talking to a lot of people um, that have been doing this for a lot longer than us and have some serious ties to the supernatural. And they were like, Jay, we've heard of this. This has been happening to a lot of people. Um, it was scary, it was terrified, but it, that experience, like, that was a little bit too personal, man, like, where it was, like, you're trying to literally, like, I mean, you didn't think of that thing, um, but it was definitely something that, uh, I mean, if you're at least take you to dinner and buy you flowers or something first. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. 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 That's right. <laughs> so we do have to go to our first music break. Um, did you guys want to come back for another 30 minutes? Or, um, okay, sounds great. So on um, this music break, we have Miss Mia Savage. Um, she's actually a snowbird. She's originally from Arizona, but she lives up here in the Durango area as well. She's going to be singing on reality. Let Me Be Your Home, Crypto. Um, and I cut off one song because it would have gone a little too long. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this music break.
Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Welcome back, sports fans. Okay, <laughs> love that. Been sleep. You know, kitty join us. I think I heard a dog in the background too. Yeah. Nice. So, um, where would you guys like to go next? Um, what would you guys like to talk about? So you guys have um within crypt experiences down in Arizona? Experience kind of the closest for me. Because I've never had anything besides. Well, the the one thing that we that has constantly come up with uh, my involvement at Walter City investigations and whatnot um, is something that of like giants, um, you know, large indigenous looking uh, individuals. Um, the, the native uh, group that we work directly with there refers to them as uh, Ya'i, um, which uh, essentially these were like giants, gods. Uh, others might consider them like, in much might consider them monsters. Um, but we've come in contact with a lot of these uh, giants. Um, I know Ghost Adventures was out there. Uh, we caught this cool, um, what was it, like probably like nine foot tall uh, stick figure out of SNS, which is kind of interesting in an area that allegedly had a lot of giants. Uh, a really profound experience there uh, years ago, um, and I was leading some people through the town and just showing them around, and uh, we had a, uh, a room table that was in the middle of this room, and I was kind of talking about a recent experience where someone had captured an apparition standing behind me, set like a meter on the table, and that room was just kind of in a large circle. Um, when we looked out at the table, like, uh, was a, myself and a few other people were looking at the table, like, what is that? And there was actually these imprints um, on the top of the table uh, that looked like hands, and like an upper, like, uh, that had pressed into the table. And it just did not look like, why would that be there? Like, we just it didn't make any sense. Well, the longer we were in the room, it, it materialized more to where, like, um, this imprint was even more profound. And this isn't a group of, like, 25 people probably that were in there that were watching this um, with me and um, it, it was crazy it really stopped me and I really didn't know what to think about what it was and um, we caught some amazing stuff like um, like we had a swimming pool that we investigated in an undisclosed location where there was um, a death that had occurred there we saw little footprints around the pool like wet footprints so we see things like that like imprints things like that things that come off later um, but this is much different, and uh, I was kind of stumped by what it was. I just really didn't quite understand it. And uh, I kind of said on this, and I asked a lot of people in the paranormal community uh, that I trusted, you know, what they thought about it. Um, and then I ended up coming in contact with um, our friends, um, the Native American group uh, out there in Arizona on other thing. Um, and I, I asked them about what their take was it with the culture, and uh, immediately, one of them looked at it and said, Yeti. And I'm like, you mean like, like, the normal snowman? Like, like, that's right. Well, yeah, kind of. And I was like, okay. And they showed me what um, these Yetis look like. And they said, no, that wasn't an imprint. On the Apaches in the area would draw 
um, on walls and stones and things of like um, this particular image. It matched exactly what was on the table. So the way that they explained it with their culture was that this was um, essentially like um, like respect, showing respect, and, and that you understand that you respect the land and they were sharing something with you, sharing their story. Uh, which in that area around Vulture City um, was considered like the, the land of the giants. Um, and, and the stories that we heard from indigenous individuals is that uh, many, many, many years ago, these, these large, tall um, individuals who were worshipped as gods, right, um, by the, the tribes there. And as they slowly died off, they were buried deep within tombs all along that mountain range. And then it was said that if anyone would ever disturb the grounds there, um, that they would release the monsters, essentially these beings, these large creatures, these people. Like, uh, and, and it's really hard to open the temptation of exactly what that is. But from what I gather from the indigenous individuals I've spoken to, that um, these, these are essentially these gods that will be released. Um, and, um, like, and, and depending on your... Um, your um, motivation, you could have a very negative experience with these. And uh, uh, I could say I've not had a negative experience. I've actually had some very emotional experiences dealing with these these yai, these, these these giants. Uh, and I think it's because I've also shown, I've also shown only good respect and love to them, and that's come back. When they were mining. Which always made me like kind of wonder why that happened. But going back to the stories of this being with the giants, that it was ever disturbed, there would be like issues. There would be a curse sent down to man, and that's kind of like the, there's something called the vulture curse. They yeah. they done really good for a long time, and then boom, everything just went back. It's a gold bear. It's just it's just it can't get it out. And it's like it runs out. So, and, and it's just, and they have missed the unfortunate debates that have taken place throughout the history of over 100 years. Um, but the indigenous individuals really take it back to them that they're digging into the earth and that they're having these experiences. But I've had pretty cool experiences with them. Um, I've also had a lot of crazy things that happen there, like and seeing dancing. Indigenous people. We literally were filming for Demi Lovato did a show out there. Uh, what was it called? Unidentified? Unidentified. Yeah, and um, we were out there, and um, when the producers came, we did like, a walkthrough with them. And during the walkthrough, we actually caught a. Or, one, or was it? Was it us or was it somebody else? Is that caught? Wait, we didn't catch the picture. No, we didn't catch the picture. Someone else had caught the picture and showed it to us. There's so many pictures, folks. So there's a lot of evidence. But there was a photograph that came through, which looked like um, um, an indigenous individual. And when I showed it to our, our indigenous friends, they were like, yes, that's an Apache um, that has head guard on. And uh, it immediately saw exactly what it was. But this thing was like, like almost... Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They're good sense. And we're showing them. Do you know what's this deal? They're like, no, they weren't there. They're like, yeah, they were. Funny story time, too. So when these folks came out, they were all serious. Like, all producers, all of them. Like, oh, that's what. I'm talking more on this stuff. I into the brothel, okay? And he yelled at me. Because I freaked out like a schoolgirl. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So there's a kitchen, okay? And in the kitchen, there was a dog. And the dog was facing me, like facing towards me, okay? And when I walked to the kitchen, this dog jumped up and was jumped towards the window. Like it was like looking out the window. Like this thing moved like 12 inches and turned its entire body. And once I tell you that I yelled, like, and we're not, we're just going to think that we're freaking crazy. I'm like, what's that freaking here for those I mean, they think that we're crazy because. If you haven't investigated Jay, Jay's a screamer. He's one of those very, uh, you know, like, you hear, you hear free emotions from Jay. See? <laughs> it, it scared the crap out of me. They just really, like, that actually happened. He's a girl in the camera. Okay. He's a girl. He's a no, no, but like that, I mean, that's true too. But we've had some really amazing experiences. Um, and we're talking about like cryptids. Yeah, those would be like, I mean, the closest thing that I could chop up to saying like a cryptid. I really want to see a Sasquatch and me living out in Tennessee. I want to believe that they are real physical beings. Um, I want to see one. And the East Tennessee Pipeline in April 28th to 29th, we actually do the the but the yeah, that's, a, that's a little, that's my story. Yeah, but you have to watch it. Yeah, but I want to see the damn sex was. <laughs> so, but like, for me, I've never seen one. I would love to see something. I believe it's probably more of a, a supernatural being, an dimensional being, but like, I would love to be proved wrong. The people that have seen it said, no, you don't, but I really do. Like, I need I'm not saying it's nothing what people are experiencing because there's a lot of things that people are experiencing. And I've never wish all of those like other things, but this is what it is. I mean, it's a big experience I I just think it's things that we're seeing different dimension, and it's really not here. That's me. It's really good. The dimension is just missing. Okay. Just saying that's why you can't find it because it keeps falling back to its I mean, even that means we're never going to be able to understand or explain. Like, I know UFOs are a good topic now in the news and the media. Just shoot up the book to UFOs? I had an experience um, uh, actually, again, at Venture City. 
my son and I were there, um, and there was some YouTube group or something. I'm not sure who they were. They were filming. I can't remember who it was. And we were in the cookhouse, which has a, like, a balcony over the top. And sounds like that hearing like this loud noise. And we didn't know what it was. It was like this winding noise. And we thought maybe it was over on my side. We weren't sure what it was. So we stepped out and we both looked up. And there was a freaking craft above the cookhouse. Okay. And when I say it was a craft, like I'm telling you that, like, I don't know, I'm saying that it was like anything extraterrestrial. There would be a craft above the building, probably less than 35 to 40 feet, 25. I can't tell you, but it was big. And it was tan and color. Yeah, I saw all the components. And he had a camera on his hand. No pictures. No, Ben Hansen left. I don't want to talk to him about that, too. But, but here's the thing. Like, I saw that. That was amazing. I saw it shoot off. It, it was going in and out like as it was shooting off. Like, that was Yes, I did, too. I would always wonder, like, with UFO, like, hunters and stuff, like, why? Oh, you see how this great experience. Why didn't you get a video of it? Like, it's only... You did actually take that picture. I'm a type, though, but I will be in it something that's scary. Yes. But I will have to start snapping photos or whatever. Dude, it just, I have a big thing on that. Sometimes it's so common. I the experience of UFO. So for me, the first thing I was thinking about was, oh, I have to take video evidence of this to show people. I don't care if you're not listening even believes me. I don't care. It was some kind of space, there was some people, some other people in some other world. But that damn thing was above the building. I saw it, my son saw it. My son was punching me in my ribs and he was saying, Dad, that's an effing UFO. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't know what it was. But like, let's take photos of it, let's take photos of it. And there was like some shows that people were doing. I think I shot through, I shot around to, uh, and I talked to them. Did you got a video of it? I don't know. We were doing. Okay, it was a walkthrough or something. They stood in the, is that the center of the temple? Do you have like a triangle chain? Yeah. They stood above me, started blinking a whole bunch of different lights, but they really couldn't see the shape of anything. They just knew that something that little bit was taken. It might be on the Danny Lavar. We never saw that. We never saw a few minutes of it. It might be on there. We gave it to the producer. I they just did. Yeah. But they won't watch what we've done on TV like. Yeah. Like, I did it, I experienced it, but I don't really want to watch this. I'm sorry. It's just who I am. Yeah, same. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intriguing. Um, I've had several UFO experiences, and it started in 2012. And I always believed in them because my dad did, and um, he was really big into UFOs, not really the paranormal. Yeah, 2012 was when it began, and, and it's funny, that's when I was pregnant with my son. And then he was born with uh, six fingers on his right hand, so I'm like, is that anything to do with it? Oh, yeah. We finally got uh, videos of it, because like you said, like, you know, um, the first one we had out back there, I'm trying to get my phone to work to to get it on on film or whatnot, but couldn't. I, I just couldn't get it to work, so I just called the family over. Um, but one time we're out in our yard just doing some gardening and messing around, and, and my seven-year-old, she's like, Mom, look, it's a UFO. And it was not just one, but two. It was insane. No, that's really, I mean, like, these experiences, people are having weird experiences, obviously. And, I mean, some of them positive. Well, we have the galaxy. 
It's beyond and how big. I mean, you can't even know how big it is. I mean, we haven't even. I mean, no human. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's, you, there has to be something out there. It's just, what is it? I mean, none of us know. I mean, do, is it the green? Green little things with straw. It's not like a red paper. It's got a drink to make. Yeah. You know, even, I mean, it could be just human. You never know. Saw the Phoenix Lights. I saw it in the teenager. Saw the Phoenix Lights. And that was, like, that really set me off in my mind thinking, like, oh, my God. Like, I really, like, that was terrifying. You know, like, in the 90s, right? like, everyone freaking out, like, about, like, alien autopsies and all this stuff. So, like, I like, oh, my God, we're probably going to get debated. But, like, I saw the damn thing, and it looked like, um, that way I could describe when I saw the Phoenix Lights, what I saw about my house. It looked almost like, uh, liquidy metal is what it looked like to me. Like, to where it was literally almost, like, moving water in the sky. I saw all the lights. You couldn't make out exact details. It definitely was triangular in shape and not really several football fields wide, um, is my interpretation of what I saw. But, like, the underbelly of it was definitely appeared to be almost like a liquid, like a reflective surface. It almost blended in with the sky. Um, uh, so, like, that definitely fascinated me at a very young age um, and, and, and got me, like, kind of interested in reading about UFOs and UFO cases and things like that. <laughs> So you put Stark 80. No, no, this lady, she sees, she sees stuff. We were on our way to Virginia City. We were to Virginia City, and we were there um, uh, speaking at some event that was up there that Doug was putting on. But we were driving through the, the Nevada desert in the middle of the night, and people on the, like, what was it? I spent like 100 miles there. She went, like, do you have a hole in this guy? And, like, this damn thing was like a UFO. It was trying to shape the lights. It was like moving all around. It's it so good I say it's UFO. It's going to be the next course for my dad's Air Force. But so I will say a lot of the things that you do see on some of that, you think, do you have ships that are triangle shaped and all this other stuff? It's a modified line. And they're standing for me. They call them something else. I don't know. Like UAPs or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Here comes the meaning black. Yeah, every time I go down to Phoenix to visit family. Yeah, yeah I was in the South Mountain. I'm like, something's gone. Thing, nothing ever happens. Well, there's something out there, that's for sure. I mean, we're definitely, definitely a lot of people now, right? So, like, it's so much different now than it was, like, even, like, 20 years ago. See, now, because you're, like, TikTok. You have Twitter. <laughs> So many videos. One good photo or video. Well, let's have a picture of that. Good cats, there's a million and a half. They have like God walking out of the sky. And I'm like, you know, that is. Yeah, I agree.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, with way that's not a good job. Yeah, I, I know. The SpaceX scared the crap out of us. We were uh, in, uh, we lived in the West Valley in Arizona because we had no idea anything about SpaceX, and we were driving. There's a video that we put on Facebook. I mean, you can probably search our pages on Facebook. Um, but I swear to you, I thought like we had seen the most profound, like extraterrestrial thing in the world. Oh, it was Armageddon. And uh, probably caught that on video. Saying it was Air Force. I kept saying that. You yeah. kept saying it was. We definitely Air Force. thought that that was that. And then Francis Facebook said, oh, you don't know if they toggled what flowers later, somebody told us what it was. It was still damn unidentified. Right so it was temporarily unidentified, probably. Yeah, I actually saw that. Oh, it looked like a space train. I'm like, what the hell was that? SpaceX. Please try. You guys have to go. I know you said you had to go. No. So far, listen, if they want to find you or check out uh, your stuff, where should they look? Um, you can find us on, like, on the social media platforms at uh, Jane Marie Gates. Um, you can go to GatesFamilyContent.com um, to see all the other stuff we've got, appearances, things like that, stuff that we have coming up. Um, things that we've done in the past. Um, but pretty much, if you just Google. And this pair of will be at, will be the East Tennessee Air This April 28th through the 29th. That's East Tennessee. And then we have, we'll be in the Perry's do such an amazing job. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be in July. They call it Christmas in July. So the Culture City Pentagon. Yeah, we'll take the two places from the way we have Culture City Pentagon. We put up today at Culture City Arizona. So go to culturecitypentagon.com if you're interested in, like, you know, the whole event. So we have a 313th uh, ghost hunt uh, this year, which is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. And then on the 12th, which is a Thursday, we're doing like a, a, a breaking uh, ceremony, which is going to be awesome with Patty Negri um, and uh, Unearthing the Supernatural. So a whole bunch of cool stuff planned. Saturday's all over the Witching hour experience that I've never done before in Vulture. So it's going to be a pretty interesting thing. Anyone wants to get J. Marie Yates, Facebook, you know, find us. I can't. Where is it?
awesome and thank you guys so much for coming out and hanging out with us and sharing your stories it's been awesome Right, that'd be awesome. Can't wait. I will definitely be in touch. Yeah, awesome. Well, we look forward to it. Thank you for having us. Thank you, guys. Have a good night and drive safe. Well, it looks like it's just me and you. So what I had planned um, for after after the Yates would uh, be leaving us um, is story time. I'm listening to Tessa Tinky, you know what that means. Time to put on the creepy music. Hopefully this works. Like this system has been so weird tonight, and I know we generally do um, have issues ever since I've been using um, this new sound, you know, voice meter banana. It's bananas. But yeah, tonight it's been weird as far as the music dragging and, and the skipping and stuff. It's like, I'm playing a CD, but I'm not. It's actually um really weird. Anyways. Is this working? This song is known as uh, The Creeper. So this will get us through to uh, our music break. So tonight we are going to be reading Death, the history of man's obsessions and fears. The last time we were reading this, it was pretty gross. I was like, ew, what the heck is going on with that? So we're on chapter two, the fear of posthumous indignity. Death and resurrection. Good friend, for Jesus' sake, forbear to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my bones. Um, I was actually watching something. Um, oh, it was uh, the Foreman Brothers, and they were doing an investigation at a house where um, there used to be a cemetery. And you know how back in the day when they're supposed to move bodies and they actually don't. So it made me wonder, did they move the bodies? Did they move those bones? Or are those bones still there? And oh, they got so many names and so much activity. It was insane. So the inscription on Shakespeare's tomb enshrines the inviolable right of everyone, friend and enemy alike to be allowed to rest undefiled. The fear that one's carcass may be subjected to posthumous indignity is primitive and deep-rooted. In Britain, especially in the 50 years between 1780 and 1830, chances of being dug up and removed from one's coffin were infinitely greater than the chances of being placed in one's coffin while still alive. Grave robbing was a largely British phenomenon, long after other European countries had made sensible provisions. British surgeons were legally unable to procure an adequate supply of dead bodies for dissection and the teaching of medical students. This potential dearth of anatomical material was readily supplied illegally by gangs of resurrectionists or sack-em-up men who would, for a fee, transfer a corpse from the sanctity of the grave to the indignity of the dissecting table. The skill of a surgeon is directly related to his knowledge of anatomy. 
This would appear to be self-evident when, in 1687, Louis the 15th or 14th, Louis the 14th was operated upon for an anal fistula. The operation was a great success, due in no small measure to the fact that in a previous year, the surgeon had practiced on three lesser mortals before having the confidence to tackle the royal rump. <laughs> in the 18th century, bladder stones were much more common than they are today. Vonomy, the operation to remove a stone, was attended by a 50% mortality rate. William Cheselden, by dint of practice and a knowledge of anatomy, was able to spare the operating time down to a phenomenal 54 seconds. Reduced blood loss and less profound exhaustion resulted in greatly improved survival rates. The Lancet of 1828 compared Cheselden's performance to that of Bransby Cooper, a surgeon whose hallmark was incompetence and whose position was gained more by nepotism than skill. In a full, true, and particular count, Cooper's bungling, due in no small part to ignorance of anatomy, was accompanied by his repeated exclamations of, Oh dear, oh dear! An hour-long operation was followed by 29 hours of excruciating pain before the patient mercifully died. Such an aptitude could be countered only by proper training in anatomy. Unfortunately, most people had such an inherent abhorrence of the idea of dissection that for centuries, lower animals substituted for humans. In the misplaced hope that the anatomies of widely different species were fundamentally similar to man's, the most famous of Greek physicians, Gowan, who lived in the second century, derived his knowledge of anatomy from the sections of pigs, apes, dogs, and oxen. Thus it was that for 13 centuries, the human breastbone was supposed to be segmented like that of an ape, and the liver to be divided into many lobes like that of a pig. The uterus was supposed to be in two long horns as in the dog, and the hip bones to be flared as in the ox. Sorry, I was getting a message from the Yates. They're so awesome. I really loved having them on. Can't wait to do it again in the future. When, in the 16th century, the famous anatomist, Vesalius, the same person who supposedly killed the cardinal in the on the dissecting table, showed that Galen's description of the hip bone was erroneous. Apologists claimed that over the centuries, the human hip bone must have changed shape as a result of wearing tight trousers. You don't think that would do that. In such an atmosphere of ignorance, it is small wonder that surgery made little progress. Most physicians looking down their noses at surgeons who sold themselves by actually examining the anatomy of a corpse would invoke the Bible. He that touches the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. In 1300, the study of anatomy was dealt a crippling blow, and that year, Pope Boniface VIII issued a bull excommunicating anyone who cut up a boiled and boiled a human body. 
This edict was intended to discourage crusaders to the Holy Land from cutting up and boiling any part of their number who died, in order that their bones could be easily packed and sent back to Europe for a Christian burial. Unfortunately, because the bull was taken to include dissection, the scientific study of human anatomy was virtually abandoned by the medical profession, and surgery became the province of uneducated barbers, bathhouse keepers, soul gelders, or sow gelders, executioners, and vagabonds. With the Renaissance came a renewed interest in the human anatomy. The bodies used were usually those of executed criminals and demand invariably outstripped supply. Ardor for knowledge sometimes made men contravene civilization's most powerful taboos. Von Dauer, a professor at Montpellier Medical School, dissected the body of his own dead child before a class of his students. And William Harvey, who in 1628 published his researches on the circulation of the blood, reached his conclusions by autopsy on the live and dead, including post-mortem dissections of his own father and sister. One had hoped that Harvey's live autopsies were not performed on humans, though it is salutary to recall the ancient anatomists of Alexandria obtained the bodies of criminals for dissection alive and contemplated even while they breathed, those parts which nature had before concealed. In Montpellier, in the 16th century, the French government donated one criminal each year for live dissection. That's sick. In 1540, during the reign of Henry VIII, an act of parliament was passed creating the United Company of Barbers and Surgeons. To this company was given the exclusive right to dissect the bodies of four condemned persons yearly for anatomies. Four bodies each year could never satisfy the needs of the surgeons, nor the six allowed in the reign of Charles II. The beetle of the barber's company, whose duty it was to collect the bodies from the Tyburn gallows, often had to run the gauntlet of an angry mob, whipped up by the deceased relatives intent on preventing the corpses being taken for dissection. In the company's accounts, for 1719, and the following item appears. Let's see. This is the anatomy lesson of Dr. Damon by Rembrandt. So this was 1606 through Coverage tree the needles expenses for going to Tyburn for body for the muscular lecture when they could not get one by reason of a great mob of soldiers and others. Thirteen S and zero B. Another problem alluded to in chapter one is well illustrated by the following item recorded in 1740 concerning one William Duell convicted rapist, paid the Beatles their expenses in bringing body from Tyburn. That was two pounds, 19, I don't know, is that shillings? Zero, what is that, deniers? Paid Joseph Willard, the company's clerk, his coach hire and expenses in attending the sheriff's when the body came to life. Ten shillings and zero D. 
dual sentence was commuted to transportation for life. In 1752, Parliament passed an act whereby all those found guilty of murder were to be hanged and then handed over to the surgeons for dissection. In no case whatsoever, the body of any murderer shall be suffered to be buried. So here's a picture that was John. John Bellingham was hanged for shooting the Prime Minister Spencer Percival in the House of Commons in May 1812, detailed from a contemporary drawing by an unidentified artist. And John Bellingham Assassin. Typical of the murders who were publicly hanged and then dissected was John Bellingham. In the afternoon, in May 1812, Bellingham walked into the lobby of the House of Commons and shot dead the Prime Minister, Spencer Percival. Bellingham had previously spent two years in a Russian gaol and on his release and return to Britain, demanded retribution from the government. Although it was obvious that Bellingham was insane, in the trial described by Lord Dragoon as the great, greatest disgrace to English justice. The witless assassins was condemned to be hanged and dissected. Duly, one week later, Bellingham was hanged in front of the debtor's door of Newgate Prison. He uttered his last words with impressive dignity. We thank God for having enabled me to meet my fate with so much fortitude and resignation. After an hour, he was cut down and his body transported in a cart through Old Bailey, Newgate Street and St. Martin's Le Grand, to the beadle of the Company of Surgeons in St. Bartholomew's Hospital. A description of this scene has been left to us by Sir Richard Owen himself, the Bart's man. The college hired a house in Cock Lane, to which these bodies, Bellingham and one other, were brought from Newgate. Sir William Blizzard, the president, was attired in court dress as the proper costume for the official act. He heard the shouts of the crowd and then the noise of the approaching cart. Then came the heavy steps of the executioner tramping up the stairs. He had the body of a man on his back, and, entering the room, lets it fall on the table. Sir William Blizzard made a small cut with a scalpel over the breastbone and bowed to the executioner. This was the formal recognition of the purpose for which the body had been delivered. Bellingham's skull was lost for over 150 years until finally located in a box in the basement of the anatomy department by St. Bartholomew's Medical School. There was no problem in identification since someone had thoroughly or thoughtfully written Bellingham in ink across the forehead. It is eerie to compare a contemporary illustration of Bellingham, the noose around his neck, and the actual skull of this unfortunate madman. The ignominy of dissection moved condemned men to eloquence. In 1750, William Smith, an Irish forager, was hanged at Tyburn. While in the condemned cell, he composed a newspaper advertisement appealing for public subscriptions to save his body from the anatomist. As to my corporal frame, it is unworthy of material notice, but for the sake of that reputable family from which I am descended, I cannot refrain 
from anxiety when I think how easily this poor body and my firmness or necessitous condition may fall into the possession of the surgeons and perpetuate my disgrace beyond the severity of the law. The deprivation of life is a sufficient punishment for my crimes. Those who compassionate my deplorable situation are desired to send their humane contributions to Mrs. Browning's next door to the Golden Acorn in Little Wall Street. In 1828, William Corder tried and executed in Barry St. Edmunds for the murder of Maria Martin in the Red Barn. He was subsequently dissected and anatom anatomized. anatomized. A copy of the proceedings was later bound in Corder's own skin, which was given to the town museum. His skeleton was exhibited, exhibited in a glass case in the local hospital. Beneath the case was a box for visitors' contributions. By means of an ingeniously constructed spring, the arm of the skeleton pointed towards the box as soon as it was approached by a visitor. The skeleton was later given to the Royal College of Surgeons in London, where it can be seen to this day. In 1775, William Hunter, the surgeon and brother of more famous John, was particularly excited by the physical development of one of the criminals brought to the Royal College of Surgeons from Dyburn. He thought the body would make ideal teaching material for students at the Royal Academy of Arts. While it was still warm before rigor mortis had set in, Hunter posed the body in such a position as to show the muscular development to its maximum effect. He then allowed the body to stiffen, remove the skin from the corpse, and made mold. The Academy still has the cast of such a flayed criminal, Smuggleress. Of course, class distinctions extended even to murderers. Ferris, who shot his steward, was not subjected to the indignity of dissection. He was executed in May 1760 and his body taken to the surgeon's hall. After a small incision had been made in the chest, merely as a formality, the corpse was returned to his relatives for a funeral obsequies suitable to his uh, station. So the smuggler's cast of a flayed criminal, after hanging at Tyburn, the body was put into an attitude and, when he became stiff, we all set to work and by the next morning, we had the external muscles all well exposed. Mm. So on that note, boys and girls, um, we're going to stop there. I think we'll do, um, and usually I do Reddit ghost stories, but I'm thinking about doing uh, Reddit, what is it called? Um, let me look what I put in here. Mandela effect. Because last time I read that, that was pretty interesting. So I'd like to get more into that. So on that note, boys and girls, let's go to our second music break. On this break, we have once more Miss Mina Savage with her band Antidote for Savages. And she will be singing Very Mean Heaven, which is one of my faves. As well as Not a Phase, Singing to Your Grave, and The Bottom Line. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this music break.
which right now between fear and love. Welcome back, and thanks so much for joining me this evening on We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. So glad you can join us. So for this last hour, we are going to delve into Reddit's Mandela effects. There's a few good ones in here. I was, I was about to go over to ghost, uh, ghost stories, but I did find a few interesting ones. This one is by you forward slash din441. The song Special by the band Garbage was out in 1994. I swear I heard this song in the summer of 1994 on at least a couple of Singapore airline flights. I remember loving it, however, I don't remember listening to the song again until around 20 years later on YouTube when I searched it out one night. The issue here is that this song was not actually released until 1998. When I did hear the song again after 20 years, it did indeed sound like the same song, but ever so slightly different. Though I realized that this part of it could be explained by a number of factors. The version I heard in 1994 also seemed more popular since it was on Pop Airline uh, radio station, while the 1998 version was like the third single off their second album. And the YouTube video doesn't have many views compared to their other singles or other 90s hits. I've also never heard the song again on the radio slash TV after 94, and it took some searching on YouTube when I did try to look it, look for it. Anyone familiar with this or have a similar story with another song? And there's some advertisement. This one's by you forward slash linea underscore Dow. I found a new one, the Twilight Zone episode 4 o'clock. In the final scene, when Oliver is looking out of the window, do you notice anything different? I hadn't watched this episode in many years, and then I rewatched it today. Anyone who has seen the original version should know the difference, so I will not give it away. Also, if you are new to the Mandela Effect, here is a must-read post. Let's see what it says. Revelation 8.12 Time is 50% faster now. Russia, Ukraine could be the start of World War III when prophecy in Revelation 8.12 was already has already been fulfilled. When we get to the time difference page, read the quote from 1997 newsletter. If Part A, Revelation 8.12 has already been fulfilled, then what does that tell you about Part B, the Battle of Armageddon? After you've read the material below as a rebuttal to the naysayers, and if you haven't already done so, please visit rev812.com and then read the primer and time diff. They can be read on under 15 minutes before continuing. And then there's a rebuttal. 
Before going any further, make sure you have read the primer and the time diff. This is your final warning. When something gets too close to home, people suddenly become very dismissive about it. They love to ridicule the messenger and they believe that groupthink can automatically override the messenger. The bottom line is that Del Defay and I really did perfect the counting to 10 cadence on Sagittarius Earth, so we know for 100% fact that this is a different planet. Furthermore, our claim about the time difference was so good that it ended up perfectly aligned with someone else's interpretation of Revelation 8.12. And anyone reading this should know why they perfectly aligned. Please stop fooling yourselves and deal with the reality. You know it wasn't simply dumb luck. Time cannot magically get 50% faster unless you are on a different planet. What's more, skeptics of the Mandela Effect will eventually come to this sobering conclusion. The two paces, i.e. the speaking pace that is used in order to count to 10 in 15 seconds, which is pace A below, and the speaking pace that it is, uh, is used in order to count to 10 in 10 seconds, which is pace B below, are too similar to be confused with one another. And thus the following scenario is not reasonably possible. Person X is absolutely certain that he has used pace of dozens, if not hundreds of times in his life for the purpose of counting to 10 in 10 seconds. He then discovers in astonishment that he was actually using pace B all those times he counted to 10. In other words, all other things being equal, such as discrepancy between perception and reality is impossible. And bear in mind right now, I've only been talking about the time difference as opposed to also talking about where my heart used to be. He used to be on the dime, how human skulls used to look like, etc. In July 2019, I felt my heart beating at the center of my chest for the first time in my life. Prior to July 2019, my heart was located on the left side of my chest. And this incident occurred before I knew anatomical changes were a component of the Mandela Effect. As you can see, when it comes to examining this phenomenon, context is paramount. And as a skeptic of this material, you'll eventually reach a point where your counter-argument is no longer reasonable because it involves too many coincidences. In regard to people saying that my claim about time difference is based on the Bible, in August 2019 I had already made the claim that this planet is a replica version of the real Earth. My claim was based on things such as the changes in human anatomy and two additional occupants in the JFK car. It wasn't until the following month, September 2019, that I found out FDR was now on the dime instead of Eisenhower. And then in mid-September of 2019, I found out about uh, the time difference. And then ten months after that, on July, uh, July 19th, 2020, I discovered Revel uh, Revelation 8.12, so no, my claim about the time difference is not based on the Bible. In conclusion, I made the claim with 100% certainty about days being 16 hours long without even knowing about the existence of Revelation 8.12. That is what I experienced and documented in 2019 proves that the Bible is indeed true. Ultimately, one's worldview should be based on that which actually exists and that which is actually true. 
I would hazard a guess that your current worldview is based, however, on long-standing falsehoods. This seems very, very, very reasonable. Keep in mind a long-standing falsehood that seems very, very, very reasonable is still a falsehood nonetheless. Frankly, I think it's high time you re-examined your own beliefs, so let me ask you this. All these years, where exactly have you been getting your knowledge from? Here are some questions for Christians, namely Catholics, Protestants, and Mormons. Will you foolishly decide to ignore all of this information? If you had been around when Noah was building the ark, would you have been Team Noah, i.e. a supporter of Noah's mission? Or would you have been Team Ignorant Masses, i.e. a member of the ignorant, worldly, narrow-minded masses? Are you currently a member of the ignorant, worldly, narrow-minded masses? Are you sure about your answer to the previous question? Before today, how exactly did you think the end times would play out? Is God obligated to make your version of the end times come to fruition? Why were you under the impression that your version of the end times would actually come to fruition? At the end of the day, when all was said and done, does your version of the end times have any basis on reality? Which one is more important, that which is actually true in regard to the end times or your version of the end times? Why is everyone, i.e. the mainstream media, the alternative media, aka the mainstream media part 2, all think tanks, all governments, all universities, and all churches too scared to talk about this information? Don't you find it rather odd that in terms of media coverage, this information has never had its day in court? Unlike, say, the Flat Earth Theory or QAnon's belief system? Which one do you care about more, the truth or your church? Or are you pro-life but not pro-truth? And finally, is there a chance that being anti-truth could bar you from entering heaven? Keep in mind that Jesus said regarding the truth, I could go on, trust me, but I will stop right here. And just to prove a point, I said all this without even mentioning the hidden hand dialogue. Hmm. Who knows? So this one is by you forward slash honk if you love weed. God bless the USA. Fill in the blank. My girlfriend and I just discovered this. Curious what everybody else thinks. And I won't forget the man who died who gave that right to me. And I blank stand up next to you. No chilling. Go with your gut. Gladly, everybody's saying gladly. Somebody says proudly. I gladly stand up next to you to defend her still today. Is my memory of that part of the lyric? Well, gladly, proudly, etc., etc. So this one is by you, forward slash. I told you I'm not Rick. The E train of New York City subway. So I take the E train almost every day, and I always remember the logo of the E being a bright yellow. But I wanted to search up the route for the train and see the pick of the logo, and this entire time it was blue. I might be confused, or confusing it for R, but I always remember checking to see when the next E would arrive, and I always remember the logo was yellow. I might be tripping, but I don't know. So this one is by you forward slash Dragon Station. For those who remember Nelson Mandela dying before 2013, when do you recall it happening? 
I thought it was in the 90s. I remember the funeral procession and everything. So currently researching this Mandela effect, it's one I've never gotten deep on before as I don't possess this false memory myself. But I've noticed a fairly wide range of experiencers' memories during from the early 80s and early 90s, although some even later. Just curious, since there are tons of people with this memory, when did it happen for you? Particularly interested in those who recall hearing about it as a news story, but also interested if anybody remembers hearing about it later on, as though it already happened. Anything to help me narrow down dates of when this earlier death may have happened? Was he in prison? Had he just been released from prison? There seems to be a divide on this point as well. Please include everything you remember about what you heard of this news as well. TV, radio, from teacher, thank you. Cotton Candy Warriors says, For me, it was early 80s, where the Challenger disaster happened in the same year. It was a weird year and I felt like I spent a lot of time watching the news in school. I watched the funeral, a long procession with lots of flowers, that's what I remember. I remember Ronald and Nancy Reagan and other dignitaries. He was in prison, it came up one night at dinner, and I argued he had died in the 80s. I looked online, and that was when I discovered the Mandela Effect. Although my husband and I are the same age, he remembers every one of the common Mandela Effect things differently. We are from different parts of the country, and I wonder if that played a part. This one is by Stunning-Remove-2243. This is really weird. I'm 27, and I remember it in the early 2000s when I was in second or third grade sitting on the living room floor and seeing this on the news. I remember it super clearly. I remember it was a woman broadcaster, and I remember it saying breaking news. It was that he had died in prison. I felt crazy saying this, but I swear to God I remember it like this. I always ponder this because so many people I know swear they saw this. Later in my ninth grade, bio teacher talked about his death. I'm so confused. Dragon Station says, I'm confused too since he was released from prison a decade prior to that. And then Chitty says, same, early 2000s, I'm 42 and was in college. Merkley568 says, same here, early 2000s, I was in high school when I first heard about it. And I remember thinking, where's Nelson Mandela? I also remember him being in jail when he passed because it was a big deal. Impressive underscore mud8401. I'm 28, but when I heard Nelson Mandela had died, me and my partner, 34, had a conversation about the fact that we were sure he had died in prison before we were born. And then throwaway998i, I shared an article, Mandela hospitalized with tuberculosis. Mr. Ayab, the lawyer, said Mr. Mandela had been bedridden at Paulsmore Prison for nine days before he was transferred to a hospital on Friday. He said Mr. Mandela had been coughing blood and that about three quarts of fluid were removed from his left lung on Saturday. Dragon Station said, nice catch. I've read about this, but hadn't seen the clipping. I'm wondering if he may have just died as a result of the illness in another timeline. Throwaway998i said, that's my recollection. 
that malnutrition weakened him and TB finished him off. So many um, Mandela effects track back, arguably, to what seems like a 50-50-ish probability that swung the other way. When uh, Dragon Station said I did the same thing. Miss Papa Giorgio said in 1994, do you remember him becoming president? Is that when you realized he had died? And then Throwaway 998i said, no, I realized it in 1990 when he was suddenly alive and freed. But four of us were in the room when we heard the news and all of us agreed we thought he had died. Then we moved on with our lives without giving it a second thought. Little underscore Annabelle underscore 148 said 2003. Dragonfly underscore Moon said around 2003 slash 2004. I was going through my grandmother's stuff in a closet to help clean out. There were a couple of magazines and I don't remember which one, but it was on the front and I flipped through the pages and read about him dying. I can see it in my head clear as day. Potential underscore pirate 1985 said, I remember it being early 2000s and he had died in prison after a lengthy illness. Black hyphen cat 11, early 80s like 81 or 82, I heard it from my social studies teacher. He told us he died in prison and if any of us in class knew who he was. Spent the whole class time that day talking about Nelson Mandela. The class really left an impression on me. Never heard Nelson Mandela mentioned again after his death in 2013. I was like, what the F? He died in the 80s. I then looked him up and saw he was president of South Africa. Really blew my mind because I never even heard that he was president of South Africa. And I know it would have been, it would have had my attention because of how much of an impression that class had in the 80s. Someone else said in the 80s, Sergeant Rhodes, 16, said, I cannot pinpoint exactly when, but I remember when he died, I was kind of confused. I could have sworn he died years before that, and I kind of keep up with things. It was the strangest thing ever. It still confuses me. I clearly remember this dude dying because I haven't took the time to learn a bit about him. I figured if everyone is reporting on this, he must have been important. Clipper1519 said, This isn't the best sub for this question. Most people lately post about not knowing the artist to a song or thinking a tree at the end of their street was at a different location. Almost everyone in the sub tends to misunderstand what the Manila effect is. Yeah, that's what it's named after is Nelson Mandela. Because everybody, everybody remembers him dying earlier. For me, it was the 80s when he was in prison. He was killed in a riot. It was on the news. I remember mom and granny watching it and that granny was cooking breakfast. Dad, however, said, I was born in 84 and I remember him dying when I was a kid. I just don't remember exactly when, unfortunately. I want to say late 80s. Monito PG said, Clipper 1519, I know it's not what the OP is looking for. It's on the He Didn't Die side of the Emmy, but what I distinctly remember is the day that he was released. An old man walking out of prison, and of course, why this is memorable is that up to then, every free Mandela poster or news story that I had seen showed a young guy. My first reaction was, who the hell is that? 
So somebody wants to discuss the definition of Mandela Effect. Let's move on to Duncan. So you forward slash King Kino 360 said it's called Duncan. Get ready, people. There is about to be a shift in the Mandela Effect. Five years from now, we will see it on this site. No more Dunkin' Donuts. Duncan, not Duncan. It changed to Duncan almost five years ago. Mm-hmm. Don't know where that is. And this one is by you forward slash don't scare easy. The boondocks slash family guy. I'm tripping out, so I hope you guys can help in the animated show The Boondocks. There was a joke which I'll post in the comments, but it was about LGBT standing for lettuce, gay bacon, and tomato, but I specifically remember that joke being told by Stewie and Family Guy. Can anyone help? And you too. This one is by you forward slash hey Lisa Lisa. New to me, Mandela effects. Tell me if they're new to you. In the movie E.T. apparently, E.T. did not say E.T. phone home. Supposedly he said E.T. home phone. I'm on phone home. In the Matrix, Morpheus never says, what if I told you? I think the second part was everything you know is a lie, but I'm not positive about the second part. I just saw someone mention these two today and my mind is blown, especially the E.T. phone home because I watched that a million times as a kid. It was my favorite movie. He did. Um, Moon54 says in E.T. he says E.T. home phone. The first time when the kids say E.T. phone home and then E.T. repeats the E.T. phone home line several times. Did you even check the thing before you posted? Hmm. This one is by you forward slash night honor. Didn't Mario Lopez host one of the uh, American Funniest Home Video shows? Guess he never hosted any show like that on IMDb. He hosted Animal Planet and Star. I remember he did a segment on viral videos for Extra or some show like that. My officer says, not that I remember, Bob Sackett did AFV and Dave Collier did America's Funniest People films. Switching bodies. So this is by forward slash dandelion underscore 44. So I just saw a video that included a theory that every time you sleep, you switch bodies with a slightly different version of yourself from an alternate universe. This, in turn, is why we have the Mandela effect. Honestly, I do not know how to feel. What do you think? Why do you think we have the Mandela effect? I've heard many theories ranging from the government, time travel, and parallel universes. I'm not sure what the reason is, but this effect definitely exists and is super weird. <laughs> Mega Death 621 says, Sorry, I forgot our anniversary, but it's not my fault. I went to sleep last night. 
Oops. Yeah, I slept since. This one is by Wu forward slash red eyes set go. Effect or false memory? Help me out. I vividly remember there being a judge who was a musician on a US reality show that had a smaller than normal underdeveloped arm or hand. I have since learned this is not the case. Wondering if I have him confused for someone else? Ginger underscore T said, The only person I know of with one small hand is now late UK TV host Jeremy Beadle, who used to fidget with his hand, making me too distracted and always looking at them, but could never see it. I later found out about it. Which led to the joke, Jeremy Biddle's got a small cock, but on the other hand, we wouldn't know enough about American reality TV shows to know one way or the other, as in music producers, etc., or they're faceless to be. So you forward slash 420 underscore dad underscore of underscore three. Can we start categorizing the universe we come from? My theory is simple. We all have memories from our respective universes, hence Mandela effects. However, going through threads in the subreddit, I have noticed patterns in which some remember the subject in one way, whilst others in the current form. Whilst Mandela effects have been around a while, it is my further theory that CERN may be the cause of this and that it may be causing tears in time, space, which are causing timelines to fuse. So, I believe we should start categorizing our originated universes. In mine, it was Kit Kat. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Brittany was wearing a tartan skirt. She had a mic. Shazam was played by Shaq. There's so much more, but you get the idea. What are your thoughts? Robert Luke said, Honey, I didn't cheat on you. That was clearly a me from another universe. Old Special TM said, Personally, I'm from a universe where OP isn't a dumbass. It's like a little hard to believe, but first, it was normal. Robert Luke says, There's no way I was wrong. I clearly remember something from when I was six years old. The only logical explanation is that we experienced rift in the space time continuum. Dr. Snively says, I want to know why nobody is from a universe where John Lennon is still alive, or where the Soviet Union won the Cold War, or where England won the Cold or the World Cup last year. Why is always dumb crap like songworks and underwear logos? Thalway9981 or 8i said, Some will tell you that Lennon faked his death and lived the rest of his life as Mark Stacer a John Lennon impersonator. To be honest, this entire conspiracy feels brand new to this timeline. Here's a video of him performing in 2006. Draw your own conclusion. W.V. Prepper said, You're the first person I've ever heard say that Shaq played Shazam. I think if I was describing the universe I was from, I would probably choose to highlight more important aspects than what a pop star wore 20 years ago. Megadeth621, dang, people really just can't admit that they don't have perfect memory, huh? 
Looking for Bobo said, I'm from the universe where everything was the same except Dr. Phil Cash Meat Outside Girl episode aired earlier than they said it did. Captain Kirk 462 said, I am from Dimension C-139, the one that Linda Lovelace won an Oscar for her acting in Deep Throat. Old Specialty M said, Thanks for the post, OP. Any other fascinating theories you want to share with the world? It's amazing that your every example of time-space anomaly is some innocuous pop culture reference that can be chalked up to simply misremembering something. I'm gonna move on. This one is by you forward slash Sublime. When did Glenn, uh, Glenn Howard become Glenn Howerton? I'm confused about seeing Howerton. This seems like a very recent change that I've never seen before. <laughs> Environmental dash ball 24 said the exact moment someone noticed the typo and corrected it. Ninja Turtles. So, you forward slash Saint Ninja Pizza, uh, Ninja Turtles Pizza Quote Mandela Effect. So, I distinctly remember watching one of the original three Ninja Turtles movies and seeing a scene where one of the turtles grabs a slice of pizza and the cheese stretches out, and one of the turtles exclaims, Ah, the dreaded cheese pool. But I couldn't remember what movie I saw it in, so I dusted off my DVD 4-pack. It also includes a CGI TMNT film. I literally fast-forwarded through all three films, but only stopped for scenes where the turtles are eating pizza. Yet I couldn't find the scene. Is this a Mandela effect situation? Did I imagine this whole scenario? Is it possible that I saw something in a cartoon or TV show and misattributed it to the movies? Remember in Ninja Turtles 3 where Leonardo gets a cannon fired at him and he pulls his head into his shell and says, Man, I love being a turtle. Anyway, weird obsession about this scene that seems like it might be a false memory. If anyone has any clue what I'm talking about, please feel free to remind me what it may have come from. I haven't seen the latest Ninja Turtle films in their entirety because I really don't like Michael Bay, so I'm certain they aren't in those two films. Decent Flatworm4425 says, Not sure why there would be a quote about pizza when the turtles only eat spaghetti. You're thinking of Garfield. This one is by U forward slash Q3ZN2H2O. Masi Campo Fiorini. I'm tripping out now because there's a thing which I've regarded as my favorite for about 20 years now, which is and has always been called Campo Fiorini. Everyone I talk to in multiple internet sources know what I'm talking about, but my girlfriend just brought home a bottle of Campo Fiorini minus the I at the end. And I'm now unable to find any visual representation of this wine with the I. How can this be? Boston Brand NET said, How much wine did you drink? 420 underscore dad underscore of underscore three. 
Along the timeline, it was spelled that way. I had an hour-long argument with my son the other day that it is Mirror Mirror on the wall in Snow White. It's Magic Mirror on the wall, apparently. I remember Mirror Mirror. Not only about you. Hello, Turbo Duran. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining us. So this one is by you forward slash intrepid dash 86832. War of the Worlds 2005. I know I can't be the only person who vividly remembers Tom Cruise driving a smoking, uh, smoking the Bennett style Firebird Trans Am in the beginning of the movie. Saw a clip of the movie and saw it was an early model Mustang. Anybody else remember the old Pontiac or am I alone on this one? Couldn't tell ya. You four slash Bad Mojo ninety two Titanic Cow sexually assaulted Rose Mandela effect. There's a scene that I feel is missing from the Titanic that I pretty vividly still recall but can no longer find rewatching the movie. I was pretty sure that when Jack is arrested, there is a scene after the part where Cal slaps Rose in the room, and before they go to the lifeboats where Cal and Rose are on the staircase, not sure if Grand Stairs or not, and he's mad at her for wanting to be with Jack. Anyway, the scene plays out like this. She tries to get away from him after arguing, but Cal grabs a hold of her before she can get away. Then holds there and has one of his hands go up underneath the skirt of her dress, as if to hold her in place by her uh -uh, to assert dominance over her and be like, you my woman, you're not going anywhere. Now Cal seemed like even more of a bastard. I swear I remember this scene from watching Titanic on VHS as a kid, 11 to 12, and I remember being pretty shocked that he did such a thing. But plot-wise, I always thought of it as the last straw. Cal and Rose's relationship. Anyway, as an adult, I swear this scene was missing from the versions on streaming services, and I've seen nothing to indicate it ever even happening on the internet. Am I crazy? Did this happen? Does anybody remember something like this? I realize this is an awful sounding scenario to include in the movie, but I swear I still vividly remember the scene. I've talked to other people, and no one I know remembers it. Mandela effect or nah? I remember when I was in MRP in the military. This movie was played repeatedly. I mean, I just... I don't get it. So the paper bag princess one says, I've watched this movie a million times and can assure you this has never happened. Aimlessly Adrift says, I recall a similar scene to that, but... There was no skirt fumbling or kitty grabbing. But from off camera, he grabbed her by the waist and jerked her towards him, and she looked shocked. I'm not sure if that's what you might be remembering, or you may be conflating the scene with a different one. Or maybe I'm missing something? Who knows what the scene I described would be in a time frame you mentioned. Mike Weatherington says, I. I do not recall this happening, and I loved this movie as a kid. Also, it was rated PG-13 in 1997. I don't see this slipping past the MPAA at this time. P.S. When we wore, on average, 17 layers of clothing at this point in time, there's no way he was able to achieve this. 
Faberware is actually Faberware? My sister got me a set of Faberware knives for my birthday. Oh, shit. My daughter just brought it to my attention that it's spelled Faberware. Myself, my wife, and my daughter all thought it was Faberware. Are we the only ones? Thousand percent is Faberware. Hmm. The terminal. This is by U4 slash FOZ97. The terminal. Borderline. I may be just misremembering a different film, but I could have sworn that in the film he carried his father's ashes with him and he was a major fan of American baseball. He wanted to take the ashes to the stadium and scatter them. Please correct me if I am just remembering a different film. Tatoes are nice. <laughs> Surely a different film. His dad was a jazz fan and the woman hopes that the box doesn't have his dad's ashes at one point. Ginger underscore T said people thought it was his ashes when they saw him look at the can and talk about his dead dad. But we see it open and it was full of postcards and other things related to music. Um, River Limitu says I swear his dad was a baseball or softball fan. Serious underscore title 1383. See, I remember that movie having a different title. It was like The Layover or Flight Attendant. The terminal was like an action movie. Who knows? This one is by your forward slash Senator Vexilologia, Brazilian version of the Electric Company. Hey guys, my name is. Joe Lacerda, I'm a team from Manias, Amazonas, Brazil. I created a Reddit account just to post this. Here is my Mandela effect. When I was a kid, probably 2011 or 2013, I remember seeing in a local kids' channel a show about a group of children who live in a house that's shaped like Neymar's works in the capital of Brasilia. Look it up. It was a relatively small house that had a soccer pitch inside, a huge laptop, and many other stuff. Next to the house, there was a skate pitch, I don't know the name, where everyone could skateboard or parkour. The show also had two angry neighbors, a man and a woman, who wanted to destroy their house because they made very loud noises. Years later, I discovered a show called The Electric Company, created by the same woman who created Sesame Street. I also discovered there was a reboot in 2009. The year is 2023 and I still don't know if that show is real or just a very bizarre dream from my childhood. What are your thoughts? This resists says I'm from Brazil too. I'm 22 now and I can vaguely remember the show you're talking about, but also can't remember details neither. What it was called. This one is by you forward slash drawing and other stuff. Dumpster emoji? I recently was about to send a dumpster emoji to my friend and I realized it never existed. I swear I've used this before. Hellstar Sushi said the same thing happened to me with the robbery emoji. I could have sworn that there was a robbery emoji, but in fact it never existed. So weird. Hmm. 
What platform do you think it was? Dumpster on. It's possible it was changed over the years. They do make reversions or revisions from time to time. This one is by you forward slash snack hyphen order. Can I place a bit more emphasis on logic and implications here? Oh, this one's pretty long. I don't think I can get through it. Not before the show ends. This one is by you forward slash JSD71. Star Trek Picard Season 3 intro in the 25th century has disappeared. I watched the first episode yesterday morning, UK, at the very beginning of the opening titles, and blue writing was the text in the 25th century. Those familiar with the Wrath of Khan will know it had this title card to only in the 23rd century. So Picard Season 3, we're paying homage to it with this Easter egg, and I thought that was a nice touch and looked great too. So watching it again today on Amazon Prime and... The in the 25th century title card, has disappeared. Anyone else, can you confirm this or not? To add, I had a reply earlier today, Sunday, from someone in Australia, where the intro is there for them on Amazon Prime. So it's both there and not there regarding Amazon Prime. To add, someone replied to me earlier that they watched it 30 minutes ago, and it was there. I asked them if they would have another look again into the intro. Oh, shit. Sorry, I lost you guys. I'm back. That was weird. Um, so I asked them again to look at the intro while they deleted their original comment. Thought that was odd, too. Another reply from Retcom sub stated, He just watched the 25th century intro five minutes ago. I noticed the downvoting. Just check yourselves, people. There's reference to the now-missing intro on the internet if you care to look. So Epic Journeyman, who's a moderator, said, This is exactly how most of the well-known flip-flops have been reported, and it's kind of fun to watch this develop in real time. My sense is that the below-linked explanation in the comments is correct about some kind of editing issue. But this is precisely what many of the people who experienced the Apollo 13 and Back to the Future van flip-flops experienced and commented about in my time. The difference in this case is that nobody ever fessed up to being responsible and just kind of let it hang out there without an explanation. I've always been inclined to think those events were done using readily available technology. So it's interesting to watch this play out with this event. Anyways, boys and girls, we are at the end of our time. We have about a minute left before we go to the intro song. I'm so glad that uh, somebody let the dogs out because, yeah, couldn't go without some barking during the show, right? Who knows? So I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, Jane Marie Yates. I had an awesome time talking to them. And then Death, the book by Robert, Robert Wilkins, History of Man's Obsessions and Fears. Pretty gnarly book, if you ask me. Then Reddit um, Mandela Effect. I think I'm going to go back to ghost stories because 
you know, a lot of arguments and different memories, etc., etc. But there were a few interesting ones on there. Just not enough to, I don't know, keep me intrigued. I think people do have um, fluctuating memories, etc., but there's a lot of Mandela effects out there, such as Mandela dying. I remember him dying, I believe it was in the 90s? And then he just died, you know, not too long ago. So that was pretty odd. Anyways, thank you so much once again for tuning in to our Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. It was a pleasure having you, your listening ears, and your peeping eyeballs. Thank you to all of our friends on the Paradox Media's Facebook, KPNL Radio, Twitter, Spooker, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and wherever else beyond the Omniverse that you've been listening or watching tonight. Can't wait to do it again next weekend. We have the Paradox Paranormal Forum. That's going to be fun. And then we have Vinny and Luke, Netflix and Chum. Luke might not make it, but um, Vinny might bring somebody else on with them. Don't forget, you guys, we are all in this together. Together, we can make the world a little better. And together, my friends, we are Paradox Media because without you, there is no less. We're not going to do a Skype after party tonight. Um, stayed up way too late chatting online with friends last night, but you never know. I might pop in there for a second. If you want to join us on there, uh, give me a call, 970-335-9596, or look me up under live colon tessa.in.thomas30. Until next time, nighty night, love and light to all my news. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Enjoy your President's Day if you get the day off. And I will see you back here, same time, same crazy place.